0: Plant Tribe. How's everybody doing today? Boy, do I have a story for you guys. Wow. You guys are such amazing listeners. And I have posted this yesterday to show everybody, come on to our show and really listen to what this incredible guest, Stephanie Ann, is going to talk about in our show. Our show today is Unshackled, an Attorney's Guide to Breaking Free from narcissistic marriages and domestic violence. And she's actually a domestic violence advocate. What better person can we have sitting in front of us explaining her story to all of you? Because I know that some of this might trigger you. And I also know that it might resonate with you. But if it does, please share, like, and subscribe to our show. Because that helps our show expand and it helps more people see it more and we can help more people. So thank you guys for coming on. I'm beyond excited to dive into the heart of Talking to Boo with Tina podcast. And it's brought to you by you know who, the incredible team at your backup plan. Um, And so let me introduce myself. My name is Tina Ginn. I am not just your typical mom. But a real person and a mission to help families and individuals face life's curveballs, curveballs head on. Can I talk today? Oh, I am so excited to have you guys here and so excited to get this ball rolling. So let's get the party started.
1: In the blink of an eye, life can change dramatically. On our podcast, Talking Taboo with Tina, we delve into these life-altering events with
0: celebrities, authors, and everyday people just like you. You'll also discover your backup plan app, a life-organizing tool designed to prepare you for any unexpected circumstance. It's your safety net, taking the sting out of tragedy. Imagine a plan B that ensures your finances are safe even in the worst case scenario. But it doesn't end there. Join our vibrant Facebook group for free webinars on backup planning and secure
1: your future today.
0: You're back. I'm so excited to be here, you guys. As you are, as you are well known, um, I have advertised the show and I will continue advertising the show because I feel that it's really, really important to get the word out there to people who deal with narcissistic individuals, whether that's a parent, a friend, a partner, a marriage, whatever that looks like for you, or for those that you have uh, that you love around you, so let's get the party started. I'm so excited to bring Stephanie Ann in from Oregon. Hi, Hi, Stephanie. Thank you for coming on our show today. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much for having me on your show today. You might hear a little noise. My, my two kids have been snowboarding all day and they just got home. So they are going to go play on their iPads for a second. That's
0: that's awesome. That's awesome that they can still go snowboarding because uh, in Vancouver here in BC, we have... All the snow that we got is almost all down to the grass. Wow. With all that, the rain.
1: It has been a, a bad winter for us, yeah. also. Like,
0: I haven't even gone yet. And
1: this is their first time even going up. And normally we've been going since November.
0: So yeah, yeah. It's it, a it's weird, a
1: warm, warm weird winter. Here.
0: Yeah. So I'm excited to get the story started, you know, because. Everybody, she's a mom, she's a single parent, she's also an attorney and an advocate for domestic violence. You have so much wisdom and knowledge and I'm so happy to have you on our show today to help others. I always say if I can help one person with a show, I've done my job. So thank you, thank you again for coming on. Where did all of this start for you, Stephanie?
1: So, you know, I, I found myself My sister's house just crying on the bathroom floor, tears streaming down my cheeks. Why me? What did I do wrong? Why me? I'm a good person. I lived a good life. I did everything right. And from the outside, I was very successful. I have a law degree. I I went to college. I traveled around the world. I'm a good mom. But yet in that moment, I could not see past the pain and suffering that had engulfed my life. I spent over 17 years between two narcissistic, abusive marriages. I lost a house in a household. I lost a house in a hurricane. I had a baby oh. born with a really rare really genetic disorder. God, why me? Why is all this bad stuff happening to me? Yeah and I had lost my eyesight, I couldn't see. And in that moment at my sister's house, just crying out to God, like, what did I do wrong? What did I do to deserve all of this horrible stuff happening to me? I felt like the divine, like God was saying to me, Stephanie, you are not seeing your story through the right lens. You Mm -hmm. need to let go. Of this victim story, and become the star of your story. And for me, that profound shift came when I was able to to let go of the victim story and the why me, and find the for me in it. And so, I my ex husband. I you can know, totally
0: I, understand that, but I'm sure when you're in it it's very hard to see it any other way, you know, Mm -hmm. like, it's hard to see. Well, like, because you use, uh, you find, uh, what should I say? Um, Well, he did this because of that. Well, he did this because of that. Well, you know, like that gets tiresome after a while. Oh, yeah. And, you know, for, for me, people would ask me, well, Stephanie, what were the
1: lessons? Well, there are no lessons when you are stuck in that victim mindset. You can't see the lessons because everything is just winding. It's all just happening to me. And it wasn't until I was able to let go of that victim story that kept me stuck for so long Mm -hmm. and I could see the lessons. And when you can see the lessons, you know, what needs to be healed, you know, what needs to be released and let go. And then you can break those patterns. People are like, oh, you were married to two narcissists. Yes, but I won't be married to a third. <laughs> I won't date a third. I have learned the lessons, and these lessons came at a very costly price, very high price. But you know, when I, for so many years, I referred to my ex husbands as monsters trying to destroy my life. Yeah. And guess what? They were trying to destroy my life. But when I was able to make that shift in perspective from monster to to teacher, what if they were teachers here to send sent to me to teach me these really powerful lessons? And as hard then, as they are, very hard, and that's why I said a priceless nuggets of gold. Gold was more precious than gold, um, but that's uh, you know that's what happened, and so for me. My background was in domestic violence. I'd won the governor's award for my work in domestic violence. Yet here I am into abuse, into abusive marriages, because the thing is with narcissistic abuse, it doesn't look like traditional domestic violence. When I say traditional, I mean where what we used to say was domestic violence 20, 30 years ago. It was really focused on the physical violence. Well, what happens when you're in a relationship and it's not physical?
0: Yeah. Well, but I mean, I remember seeing lots of movies about, you know, women getting hit and punched and, you know, whatever else, but you, you never saw the other parts. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. You don't, you know, they don't really talk about the psychological and emotional abuse. I, I feel like just recently within the past couple of years, we are now talking more about the psychological and emotional abuse in in marriages but you know if I were to call the cops and and say hey can you come get my husband he's emotionally and psychologically abusing me right now they would laugh and tell me to go see a therapist yeah you know they they want to come but but I I I'm terrified isn't that the truth you know and so it's like is- until we change society's
0: perspective yeah. Because you live in fear.
1: Absolutely. You, you live
0: in fear. And nobody should have to live in fear.
1: Oh yeah, no one should. And so, you know, I um, I, I guess I, we we could just start with with narcissism and what it is and, and what is the cycle of narcissistic abuse. And so I don't know if you remember the studying Greek mythology in in middle school. A um, narcissist was a a man who fell in love with his own reflection, and he he loved his reflection so much that life life went on, and he just stayed there, and he died by the reflecting pool, staring at his beautiful face. Oh. and so a narcissist is someone who has this grandiose sense of self importance. They have a preoccupation with fantasies of unlimited power, wealth, beauty. Um, they have this belief that, that they are so special and no one can understand them, but you, you get them. <laughs> um, they have, and we don't get
0: them at all. <laughs>
1: no, no, we don't. Um, they have this huge sense of, of entitlement. They are some of the most arrogant people I have ever met yeah. and, and they lack empathy. And they will exploit, manipulate, coerce, do whatever they need to do to get what they want. And so, you know, when you are in a relationship with a narcissist, you don't always know you're in one because one, the most people, we, we look for the good in everything. And we are trusting, especially when you get into a new relationship and it's exciting and and fun. And so you don't really know you're in one until their mask comes off. And so similar to the cycle of domestic violence, there is a cycle Mm -hmm. of narcissistic abuse. And the first phase is the idealization phase. Then there's the devaluation with intermittent love bombing devaluation, love bombing devaluation. And then there's the discard. So is that like
0: in those movies where you watch it and you say, why doesn't she just leave?
1: Yes. Yeah, well, and it's like when your friends or other family members say, why don't you just leave him? He's treating you like crap. It's it's complicated. Yeah. It's not it's not that easy. Um, but hopefully the listeners after I've explained all this, if you do see yourself in there in this, I will give you steps of of how you can leave and get away and choose yourself. So we'll, we'll talk about that towards the end. So what happens in the first stage is the idealization stage. This is the beginning of a relationship. You're just getting to know someone, they are on their best behavior. They put you up on this pedestal, they worship you, they mimic you, they mirror you, they mirror your values. And so you feel like you found the ideal person. Wow. I never knew anyone else who wanted to go sell everything and buy a sailboat and sail around the world until my second husband wanted to do that too. I have found my soulmate. Right. And they will use those words. You are my soulmate. I prayed for you. God sent you to me. We are destined to be together. And they, right off the bat, they start planning your beautiful future together. Well, could you imagine oh, we could get a sailboat. We could move to Florida. We could learn how to sail. We could take the kids. Yes. Sounds wonderful. <laughs> Sounds incredible because I've never met anyone else who wanted to sail around the world. But now all of a sudden you do. Yeah. And so, you know, it's very, I, and this is the first red flag. If if it is too good to be true, you might be with a narcissist. If they have put you high up on a pedestal, you might be with a narcissist. If it is, um, if they make it so easy for you to fall in love with them because everything is just too perfect. You might be dating a narcissist. And so, but the thing is, is that I didn't know. I didn't even know what narcissism was. I didn't know. And so I, when I met my second husband, I put that that list out. I made a list of everything I wanted. I put that out into the universe. Guess what? A week later, I met a man who checked off everything on that list. And I was specific, a divorced dad, just with boys, kid boys, my boy's age. Um, someone who had a, an ex-wife who cheated on them. Because My first ex-wife spent four, Ex-husband spent 14 years cheating on me, you know. Oh, well, his ex-wife cheated on him. We could we could have that, you know, to talk about. Well, in hindsight, his ex-wife did not cheat on him. <laughs> he cheated on her, you know, and so it's like they they will just tell you whatever you want to hear because they have no identity of their own. So they take on everyone else's identity, but they can only handle that for so long. And then the mask comes off so then you have the next phase which is the devaluation phase now everything that they loved about you in the beginning they can't stand they hate all that stuff about you they you know in the beginning my my second ex-husband um i love that you're a lawyer i love that you're a strong independent woman i love the way you parent you're such a good mom all these things Devaluation. I hate lawyers. Lawyers are just, you know, ambulance chasers. All this. How the? How can you stand being a lawyer? How can you? Your girlfriends are horrible people. How can they even be your friend? I don't want them coming over to our house. I, you know, your parents. Oh, they're so rude. You know, like everything they loved about you now they hate, and and this is where the confusion starts to come in. Well, Stephanie,
0: um, I don't want to forget to ask you with that comment. Do they also limit you then from your parents, from your friends, from like, do they? Oh, yeah, that that comes as part of it, because
1: they will start trying to It's similar with domestic violence. They will start to isolate you. They will say negative things about your friends. They will start saying negative things about your family and, you know, in in, and finding it like uh, criticisms and. You know, and then, well, maybe we don't want, maybe we shouldn't have them coming over tonight or I don't want any people coming over tonight. You know, why do, no, I'm not going out, you know? And so it's, it, it becomes very confusing because, and, and you know the, the idealization phase, it can last up to a year. They can be on perfect behavior for a year until they get you sucked in. My second husband, he was great for a year. And then, as soon as we got married, he turned into a completely different person. Because they got you hooked, they got you in there. They know you're not going to leave them. You're too entangled
0: now. And it's so, like once you're married, then as soon as you get married, well, they push marriage really, really quickly. Um, Mine was but, two weeks dating.
1: Wow. Yeah. And so, see. And, and in those two weeks, they probably made you feel like the most special, most important, most loved person ever. And and how could you not?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, I love it all three times. Time. <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, it's like if it happens too soon, if it's too good to be true,
0: these are, f- these
1: are red flags. Yeah. And so, you know, when the when the devaluation phase hits, this is where the control comes and so remember just like with with domestic violence narcissistic abuse it's all about power and control
0: so So what is the difference that you found stephanie with domestic violence and narcissism is there any? so no
1: it's exactly the same it is just that narcissistic abuse is abuse from a disordered personality i think it is more psychological and and more emotional but it also is very violent whereas you have you also have a cycle of domestic violence you have domestic violence but domestic violence is it's not always with a person with a disordered personality
0: right or they're so, mentally ill or
1: yeah oh, and so when okay. i talk about you know the, the, when i talk about narcissistic abuse and domestic violence it, it's interchangeable but it's it's the same i i I always bring it up, though, because I want to reiterate that narcissistic abuse is domestic violence.
0: Okay.
1: It is. It is the same. Domestic violence is just over here because it can be with other people who don't have a disordered personality.
0: Right. So what do you think, then, in your first relationship, that you were so well-versed in domestic violence and having a proper so-called, you know, family situation... Um, and then moving into this first relationship, what made you realize it was different?
1: So with, with my first husband, when everything was great, because I could be all of these things for him. So, you know, one of the things that a narcissist needs as their, their supply and their fuel is excessive admiration. And so, when before we had children, before I was super busy, I could fawn all over him. I could give him all of that attention and adoration that he needed. Well, as soon as I went off to law school, now I'm not focused on him anymore. I'm doing internships, I'm clerking, I'm Taking a, a full course. I mean, law school is not easy. No. And so I found out my my second year in law school that he was having uh, affairs.
0: Oh dear.
1: And so, and you know, of course, they they are so good at turning everything around. Well, you weren't there for me. You abandoned me. I felt neglected. Well, I had no idea. Have the conversation no one ever had a conversation with me saying that you felt neglected that i was doing all this stuff i'm just focusing focused on school and my career and so you know they they love to shift the blame onto you well if you were available and if you were here more you would have met all my needs but you didn't meet my needs so i had to go seek other women to meet these needs that i have
0: that's not nice
1: Right. And, you know, growing up, I come from a very, um, my parents are still married. His parents were still married. They're both. We, we grew up in the church. My mom actually is a minister and stuff. And so it was like, well, you don't get divorced. You, you work on your relationships. And so, you know, I didn't want to be the only failure who had a failed marriage. And so, um, but he he never wanted to and he just kept chatting with women kept having all these emotional affairs and and back then even though my work was in domestic violence it was it was domestic violence back 20 years ago was focused on physical violence he wasn't physical with me yeah was this abuse i didn't see it as abuse how many of us do this we put cheating over here and we put Domestic violence over here. Well, he's yeah. just a cheater. She's just a cheater. Well, they just cheat. It's well, let's not call bad. it what it is. It's abuse. It is psychological and emotional abuse. But I didn't know that at yeah. the time. I, I didn't I didn't see it that way. And so, you know, I, I spent 14 years and, and we had two little boys together and, and it just never stopped. And at one point, I just started focusing on, on being the best mom that I could be and focusing on my life. And he was still doing his thing. And he ended up um, walking out. This was the discard. He he walked out for another married woman. And... Um,
0: Do most of them walk out?
1: So, you know, if we, I take you back to the cycle of, of narcissistic abuse. So we talked about the The idealization phase, right? Mm -hmm. And then the mask comes off, and that's the devaluation. So, in the devaluation phase, is when the gaslighting happens. So, gaslighting, I'm sure everyone has heard gaslighting, but do you really understand what it is? So, (laughs) gaslighting is when you manipulate another person into doubting their perceptions, experiences, and understanding of events. It is a form of emotional abuse. It is a Highly, highly calculated form of manipulation is coercive control by someone you trust. Mm -hmm. So in gaslighting, it helps the abuser avoid any blame or responsibility for their behaviors and their actions. They play on your insecurities and they attack your self-esteem.
0: Yes, and yes, and yes.
1: Yeah, and so they will intentionally lie. You can have all the evidence in the world. I used to confront my first ex-husband all the time. You're cheating. No, I'm not. Okay, well, I just saw naked pictures and I just read your whole conversation. I didn't write that. I mean, they, they will lie to your face. You can have all the evidence in the world and they will still twist it and do everything to avoid blame when my first husband left, Well, you're having an affair. No, I'm not. Okay.
0: <laughs> I mean,
1: when they live in their own delusional reality. They will deceive to confuse you, even when you have all the evidence to the contrary, they will lie to your face. And and here's, here's the hard truth that Even if you were to tell people what happened over so many years of gaslighting and manipulation, they will say, nobody will believe you. Nobody will believe you. And they have eroded your self-esteem. They have played on all your insecurities. And they know Mm
0: -hmm.
1: how to manipulate and control you and make you feel like the smallest person in the world that you will not go and tell anyone you will keep it. And that's what shame loves. Shame loves us to be quiet, to keep it a secret. And this is why I share my story. This is why you have your podcast, because we are talking about it. We are exposing it and we are refusing to let shame bring us down to their level. And so over a long period of time, gaslighting is extremely, extremely harmful. All of the self-doubt They'll make you feel like you're the narcissist. Um, They will make excuses for their behaviors. They will do all of this stuff. And so this is gaslighting. And And if they are, you are. (laughs) Exactly. It's like, oh,
0: must have been hit in the head too many times by a ball, Or, you know, like you just make up excuses after excuses. And after a while, it's just like, what's going on?
1: Yes, exactly. And, you know, and and they will say, you will try to bring up something to have a conversation like in in a healthy relationship, having a conversation. They, they will um, overly use sarcasm. It's just Mm -hmm. a joke. You are, you are so sensitive. Oh, you must be on your period. Oh, you're starting your period soon. That's what's happening. You know, they ship everything. And so what you have here, when you start having all that, you have this, this big thing called cognitive dissonance now your whole reality is turned upside down you yeah i often hear people say this and i said it too for a long period of time they have a doctor dr Jekyll mr Hyde personality which personality am mm-hmm. i going to wake up to <laughs> who do i have to be today to get through the day
0: hallelujah talking- to that and who's going to walk in that door today
1: Yeah. And who do I have to be? I mean, this is being in a relationship with a narcissist is the biggest burden you will ever have to carry. There is freedom getting out of these relationships. And one of them is all this burden, just be gone. And then you can find your true self again, because similar to the narcissist who has developed so many layers of protective self, we have become everything that we are not to appease, to have peace to make sure that the kids are okay to make sure there's not going to be yelling and screaming to make sure all of this we become everything that we are not yeah just to survive the day
0: that's horrible that is not how you live and I think sometimes you just feel like you just wish that they would just hate you and get it over with like
1: I said that once I, I I have said that and like, just hit me because the other is so much easier. Then it. we can just yeah, and, the manipulation
0: and, it, and the games that they continually play on your yep. mind.
1: Yep. And so what what happens during the devaluation phase is is all of that the the, the gaslighting the the manipulation the course of control is everything to control you. Now they know your insecurities. They know all this stuff because in the beginning you told them all your secrets. Now they're gonna use all your secrets against you. You have weaponized them. And so what happens is they will they will do something, whatever it is. They go out for a couple of days and and meet up with another woman. And then they come back like nothing ever happened. Bring you flowers, love bomb you. So now you are stuck in this. It's bad, it's good, it's bad, it's good. Today's bad. Well, but tomorrow might be good. And so you have what is called intermittent reinforcement. We don't know when it's going to be good and we don't know when it's going to be bad. We live in this uh, a constant tension and anxiety because we don't know. But when it's yeah. good, it can be really good. They yeah. can be the most loving, the most kind, the sweetest, most wonderful people that sometimes we forget that it was bad. And then all of a sudden the bad comes and it's like, holy,
0: <laughs> I no, oh,
1: now. <laughs> what? Like, what is happening?
0: What do I, I do now? I got so good at it that I would say, oh, he's being really, really nice right now. And, oh, it's just so wonderful. Uh-oh. Because <laughs> yeah. as soon as I said that, it's like, oh, no, here it
1: comes. Yeah. And so, you know, all this good, all this bad, all this in- intermittent reinforcement, creates a trauma bond. And so for any of the listeners who aren't familiar with a trauma bond is, think of uh, Stockholm syndrome, you know, in the movies or big, like high profile sensational cases, you hear the the kidnapper refuses to testify against the, the, the abuser and all this stuff because they, they have this trauma bond. And so what happens with all of this, the good, the bad, the good, the bad, it creates a trauma bond as well. And I like to describe a trauma bond as it's an addiction. And I would say this to my husband when it was good. it was. I, I would say this, I feel like I'm so addicted to you. Like it, it's so weird. Yeah. I never used drugs, but I was addicted to my husband. And so, you know, the first time you use a drug, you get this really high dopamine rush. And so the next time you use, you're thinking you're going to get that same high again. Well, you don't, you have, it's a little less, so then you use again and you keep using. And that's what keeps you stuck In uh, in this cycle, because you keep thinking every time you use, you're going to get that same first high. And, but you never do. And every time you use, you have less and less and less. And it is very similar to a relationship with a narcissist. You have this euphoric high in the beginning because remember, they have mirrored you. You essentially fall in love with you. That is very euphoric. Yeah. That is the best high. And, and so we think in the back of our head, we they know how to love us. They know how to be kind to us. They know how to treat me well because they showed that in the beginning. So when it's bad, we go there in our head. At least I did. Mm-hmm. We go there. Well, it's good. He knows how to do this. So I just need to get through this little bad part. Maybe we, we make excuses. We justify him. Maybe he had a bad day at work. Maybe he's maybe there's something going on. Yeah. Okay, maybe if I give him the space he needs or do this, or I work on myself, I change myself, then he will love me the way he loved me in the beginning. You're never getting that first love feeling back. That's gone. (laughs) Every time the cycle repeats itself, the love bombing, the devaluation, the love bombing, less dopamine is released. The good times start to get shorter, the bad times start to get longer.
0: On your back. Get yes. a Thumbs up. Oh, sweet. <laughs> I don't know how. I think uh, if you do a heart, it would do it too. Like if you do that. Oh, thing. I didn't
1: even do anything. I didn't touch anything. You
0: went like this and I think. Oh, it did. Let's say, oh, I, I don't know, know.
1: Um, but so, so that's the trauma bond, And that's why when you say, Tina, why didn't you leave? Just leave. Our friends can see everything that's going on. Yeah. My but friends are very good at hiding it. it too, though. Exactly. But, but this is why we stay because we constantly think it is us. We try to change us. We become someone we are not. And we keep trying to change that. Well, if I change the environment, if I do this, my second ex-husband, well, he's so unhappy here in Oregon. Let's move to Florida. When we moved to Florida, he was still a miserable person. Yeah. Because it's not, it's, it's not us. It's not the environment. It is their disordered personality and we cannot change them. And I can't stress this enough because I hear so many people say this, well, we can change them. If I just love them more, if I just be the person they want me to be. No.
0: I thought that was a a long time ago 80s thing (laughs) (laughs) i can fix that yeah no no you can't not
1: (laughs) you can't and it will just get worse over time and so you have the final stage you know and you can stay in this intermittent love bombing idealization phase you can stay in it for a really long time I stayed in it for 14 years with my first husband i stayed in it for four years with my second husband and so then you have the final stage is the discard and it's exactly what it sounds like discard you you discard your garbage you throw it away so the what could
0: they do for that what did they do for you
1: well so what what happens is they will either get bored lose Mm -hmm. interest have uh, a new supply on the side because remember they like to jump to relationships so they have their new supply lined up they're bored of you you're no longer fun you're not playing the game that they want you to play and they, they've they lost all interest in you and that's when they throw you away
0: or, so it's not, it might not literally be throwing you away like you know they don't say I'm leaving you and that's it like it could be a long process of them realizing that no, they're throwing you away, but staying in the same situation. Right? Well, um, you
1: know, I, I would disagree to to an extent, because when a narcissist is done with you, they will walk away and leave you and move on to the next person. uh, When they're done, they will string you along. And because you are a source of supply, especially if they think that they can manipulate you later on down the road, you always hear this. I don't know if you've heard the term of hoovering. They hoover you back like a vacuum. They put their, their cord out and they hoover you back. You don't want to be hoovered back. If you have been discarded or you have walked away you don't want them to hover your back. I, I always hear people say, Well, he's not trying to come get me. He's not love bombing me. He's not doing all of this. Then good. Yeah. Hallelujah. Good. Hallelujah. Of course. <laughs> you don't you don't want that. Because that means that they are just going to keep you on a leash and they are going to string you around for, for several years. You know, my first husband, when he his discard was I uh, He walked out. He just told me one day, he's like, "Um, I, I, I think this other girl's in love with me. I want to go find out if I'm in love with her. And he just got up and left.
0: Like a teen. Like, like, like
1: literally like that, like that, that's like how it happened. And, um, and then we didn't talk. I mean, we had kids, so we had to, you know, we had to be in communication, but you know what, six years later, he called me out of the blue crying, I miss you. I love you. I'm so sorry for everything I did to you because you don't get closure with a narcissist. Six years later, he was remarried. He had a family.
0: Oh no. A second one.
1: Well, I mean, he, he was remarried. He didn't think God they didn't have kids. He had a, a vasectomy reversal, but they, she kind of got pregnant, but like six years later, they're all of this stuff the closure I wanted six years ago. Yeah. You know, and so they, they they, 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 narcissism is a, a, a strange disorder, but you know, going back to the discard, they will discard you or you will find the worth in yourself and you will walk away as hard as it is. And so that's kind of the, the pattern. And unfortunately, if you have children they are going to be in your life for a long time yes um and they will uh, continue to abuse you so don't think that just because you left it's going to be easy no it's going to be leaving is going to be one of the hardest things you've ever done but you can do it you can develop a an attitude mantra for me for a long time i said i can do hard things this is hard It's not impossible. I will get through this. That's a good um, one. Yeah, I said that for a long time. (laughs) Um, But, you know, and so if you have children, they will use the courts if they have money. If they're bums and (laughs) on disability and, you know, whatever, they, they might not have access to the best lawyers and all this stuff. So they they may just let you go, but they will definitely scare you and threaten you and try to do everything to control you. They will try to manipulate and control your children. They will do everything to alienate your children and turn your children against you. And you know, and why I mean, is
0: that? Do you think, why do they well, do they,
1: that? To hurt you,
0: to continue to
1: hurt you. Right. Absolutely. To them, it is a game of power and control. These are angry, controlling people with a disordered personality. Remember, this is not a typical relationship. It is not a typical healthy person. breakup. And so, so many people I hear as well, they're like, well, time heals. No, time does not heal <laughs> when you've been in a, a narcissistic abusive relationship. I could do I could leave and do nothing and just pray to Jesus that I would be healed and, and time and go find some hobbies. Guess what? Five years later, I would still be broken and unhealed. Mm-hmm. What, what they say, and I say they as in like uh, the psychologists and psychiatrists and, and all of that, the therapists, is that being in a relationship with a narcissist is similar to being in a cult. You have been brainwashed. You have been conditioned. So you have to recondition yourself. Remember how we were talking about in the devaluation phase. We become so many different people. Yes. Because we are trying to please. We are trying to keep the peace. We're trying to do all this. And so we have rewired our brain, our thoughts. And And some of the
0: people that you become you don't like. Yeah. Yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Some of those people.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Like I, I, yeah, and you can say, well, I would have never done that. But, you know, it's, it, you do things when you are, a, again, look at it as a drug addiction. When you are addicted, you will do things that you didn't think you would ever do. Yeah. Do.
0: yeah. Or, when well, yeah, it's like f- fear is a horror. Fear and shame are just. <sighs> yeah. Like, and a you
1: they are, and and you know, and then you've you've been with someone for so long who said, no one will listen to you, no one will believe you, no one will uh, no one respects you, no one likes you, you're worthless, you're a piece of trash. You're only here for you know, well whatever the words you're hearing.
0: And that's the beautiful version,
1: yeah, exactly, yes. You internalize those. So now we have to get all of that out. And so mm-hmm. healing from the narcissistic abuse takes a lot of hard work, but it's not it impossible. And you can work on it and you can find the inner peace and the inner freedom and, and true freedom and break the patterns. When you let go of of the victim mindset, and you can become the star.
0: And well, it, I... I know at first, you can't think of it that way. Like when you're enveloped in it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But I think after a while, you can be thankful for the lessons that you were taught. And what a better person you've become for it.
1: Yes, absolutely. And you know, when when you leave, this is, it's very, it's very confusing. Mm-hmm. And it is so confusing. I remember going back and reading through my my journals. I was a big journaler, especially when all the cognitive, uh, especially when all the gaslighting started to happen. And I'm like, wait a second, that's not what happened. I actually stopped drinking, and I still don't. I still don't drink because I didn't want my reality to be twisted. And right. I would, and I would write, and I'm like, that's not what happened. But they are so good at manipulating and telling it, no, it, did, it didn't happen that way, Stephanie, it happened like this. Okay. In my memory, you were high on weed and drunk. I was completely sober and I have notes in my journal. I but think it happened like anything. this. Oh, it doesn't mean anything to them. They they will deny, 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 like what I was saying. Um, and so it's, yeah, it, it is this fog and, and you are left with, what what just happened? Mm -hmm. Remember with my, you know, my second husband, we had just spent this beautiful weekend in the Florida keys and it it was incredible. And again, you know, I, I was very addicted to him. He was very good looking. It was when he was kind, it was wonderful. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, we just spent this beautiful romantic, week in the keys it was beautiful you know just like wow i'm so in love with you i've never loved anyone the way i loved you i can't believe all this and then a week oh, okay. later he he went on a narcissistic rage he flipped out i don't even, i don't even know where it came from
0: i used to journal thinking back like what made them flip out what was a trigger for them and i could never put my finger on it it's because it it's it's whatever they want it to be. Remember,
1: it's it's a game. And I always say is that it was a game of chess. I was a chess player. And, you know, they are calculated. That's what gaslighting is calculated course of control. They know what they're doing. Now so many people say, well, do they do they know what they're doing? Well, on a on a conscious level, they do subconsciously there could be some behaviors like any of us we have habits and behaviors that we act out subconsciously but when it comes to manipulation when it comes to the gaslighting they know exactly what they're doing because again remember we're dealing with angry and controlling people who have many layers of protective self Mm -hmm. it could be anything it's whatever they want it to be
0: Did you ever find what the worst thing you could say to your narcissistic husband was?
1: Well, I will tell you one thing I said that
0: (laughs) you knew right away, (laughs) Turned him
1: into the Hulk. So when he, he, he literally right before my eyes turned into the Hulk. And I've heard other women say this, like he, he started raging. I'd never seen this before. I'd never even heard of. It. I didn't even know what narcissistic rage was. I no, was terif- I was terrified. What did he do, Stephanie? He just start. So you know, he's almost six four. He's he looks like a professional baseball player. He's he was an athlete. All these things, you know, and uh, he started punching walls, slamming doors. Oh. I didn't grow up in a chaotic house. Oh. I've never seen a man punch a wall. That I, you know, in and- the
0: book of narcissism. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's in the playbook. I've like, experienced just,
1: that one. Yeah, and he just he just flipped out and there was nothing. I used to know, say, sometimes... why
0: did you do that? And then he would laugh and repair the wall.
1: Oh, see, my he, he would just deny it. If I didn't. I was just leaning up on it and like, so oh, you punched. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> it's like I it can laugh make... now because <laughs> it's so stupid. But it's like, it's like a toddler temper, temper tantrum. I mean, I have a toddler and I've never even seen my toddler have rage. I, yeah. You know, and so yeah. it's like, it, it was, and, and just like a, a lot of passive aggressive, just uh, talking to himself, mumbling, um, slamming doors, doing all the very, just a chaotic, I would say crazy Rolling behavior, things. but it's, yeah, but it, but it's not crazy. It's calculated. They know exactly what they are doing they are trying to terrify you. And um, he...
0: Is that a, this, a part it, of that terrifying part? Like when they, people that would hit you, is that kind of a similar kind of thing? Is It's like that controlling force? It's control.
1: Oh yeah. So, you know, they, they use manipulation and gaslighting to control you. If they cannot control you through manipulation and gaslighting, then they will resort to physical violence. It's the same with, you know, in just the traditional yeah. domestic violence with people who don't have a disordered personality. Um because so they they use all these tactics to control you. And when they no longer can control you, it will become physical. So I say get out. Okay. Because it will escalate. And every time there's a you go through a cycle, it will get worse and worse and worse.
0: In different forms, whatever that is. In different, yeah,
1: exactly. So get out now. Get your life back. Um, and so for him, what I said was, gosh, I, I don't even know. Like he, he was going, I think I said, oh, my God, you are acting psycho or something.
0: I think I've said that a few times. Yeah.
1: And then he just like blew, oh, I'm not psycho. And it's just like, whoa, you're right. You're not. You know exactly what you are doing. (laughs) But it was terrifying. And he literally turned into the Hulk. And so for three weeks he went on this narcissistic rage. And it was the most terrifying thing. And you know, sometimes previously if he had a little an explosion a, a mini rage per se yeah. he would calm down or you know it was like it last for a day or something and then it'd be done this went on for three weeks and then he was um tormenting he would take his his phone and shine it in my face he would keep me up all night just doing just loud storming trying. just uh, you know every every name that he could think of to call me. And thankfully he didn't have like a whole lot of bad things he could call me because I was a really good person. And I'm not saying that you were a bad person because he's calling you bad names, but he didn't have a lot of things that could hurt me. Yeah. So, you know, for, I, I, I don't even remember things he said, but some of it, it was just like, it just reminded me of, of things that, my boys would say when they're mad at you like "Well, you're dumb Well you're yeah. stupid yeah. you have a two hundred thousand dollar degree that you spent on and you're not working right now or you know like okay yeah but you know it, it's like where's this stuff coming from yeah um and so yeah and he he kicked me off the bed like get out of bed and you know just think just tormenting did to you have find your him.
0: sex change too
1: um when he was tormenting
0: well uh, when, during the rage stages at uh, different stages um, you know it
1: it was weird because we, we we're very sexual um and a, a great sex life very great but then every now and then he he would say things like, it's just sex for you, Stephanie. I want it to be this emotional thing. And, and for you, it's just sex. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it, you know, and, and or or he was I, I'm like, well, what are you talking about? Yeah. It's emotional. I'm what? He's like, no, you you don't you just want you just wanna fuck me and that's it and blah. I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? You know, or he would say things like, um, "Well, I could, I could be having sex all day long," and you know, say we we just had like a, a marathon sex session, and then he would say something like, "Well, I have to go masturbate. And I just have this huge urge or whatever." I'm like, "Well, I can have more sex," but but you know, it it wasn't about that. It was to. It's a, emotional and psychological control,
0: intimidation, or whatever. Well, it yeah,
1: but it, but it, it was also like, I have a very high sex drive. He has a very high sex drive, and so a way to hurt me would say, "Oh, I could sit here and have sex with you, but I'd rather just go masturbate in the bathroom." Yeah, but even he he, but he wouldn't go in the bathroom and masturbate. He would just go in the bathroom and, and sit there and pretend yeah and i only know this because you know i mean we're married to them we know yeah yeah you know things to try and hurt me He, he would pretend to have conversations on a phone call he he knew that my first husband cheated on me so i you know was still healing and working through a lot of 14 years of being cheated on yeah and so he would during the devaluation he would you know maybe storm out of the house and then he'd come back with a phone number I just got invited to a hot tub party. There's a bunch of of girls in a sorority who invited me to come over and and go hot tubbing with them. I think I might go. What? Who does that? It's called triangulation. Does it really happen? Probably not. But you know, towards, so he would do a lot of stuff like that. Um, and, And towards the end, I would just say things like, well, great. You're a good looking guy. I just stopped reacting, and right. this is why I think the the rage came because a rage will come before I discard. What happened? Did
0: you ever go quiet?
1: Um, I I wouldn't go quiet per se, but you know, like in the beginning, they they would go quiet, you know, because they they would go mope somewhere, but they want you to go and and fawn all over them. What's wrong with you? Like a little boy. Yeah. 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 And then, um, and, and or they want, they give you the silent treatment because they want you to go internal and be like, what the heck did I do? And so now you're stressed and worried all day. Yeah. Again, this is psychological control. And so I used to do all of that. I used to play this game until I figured it out that it was a game and I stopped reacting because a reaction shows them that they are in control of you. If they can control your emotions and control your reactions, they have controlled you. And so this is why I, I think the rage was was the discard. I mean, it, it was the discard. Um, right. But I, I stopped reacting. He would go have his pout and I would just go about my business. I wouldn't even have other things to do. I had six children at the time.
0: Six boys I did, under I did the age that. of 14. Oh God, I, I did that too. I went, I just thought, well, if you can play the silent treatment, I can play it better. Mm-hmm. So, and that's much nicer life for me, so.
1: Yeah, and so, but but that's what, what they do. And so when the hard part is, again, um, they've conditioned you to react. It's very similar. Do you remember like first year psychology in college? It was a required class, I think. But you learn about Pablo's dogs, how they are conditioned. And uh, and it came to the point where they could just ring the doorbell and the dogs would salivate, sub uh, unaware of everything else. When you are in an abusive relationship like this for over an extended period of time, you have become conditioned and we become reactors we no longer respond we just re- we react and they have trained us to react and that gives them a sense of gratification because they have controlled you remember it's all about power and control
0: I used to hear the truck pull up on the driveway and my immediate response and I, like you said you react you don't even know you're doing it yeah w- would be to go throw up yeah. And after a few times, I'm like, "Wait a second, what's going on here?" Because you realize you're reacting a certain way. Mm-hmm. And they and twice, they
1: want that reaction because it gives them the power and control over you. Well,
0: and that's do animals why animals have this life too. Do what <laughs> do animals have this life too?
1: I don't know <laughs>
0: <laughs> is it just people and I would say is it just men but we know that's not true it's no,
1: it's it's men and women it's it's your parents' um, is, I've had many people after listening to to podcasts like this Stephanie you just described my father growing up. you yeah. just described my mother. you described one of my my boyfriend in college. you know and it's like and and so many people say too is is it happening more is it more prevalent now well i i i don't think so i think it's always been here but once we become aware of it we see it now and once you have a definition for the things that you went through you you have a word And it's similar to buying a car. You know, when you buy a car, you're like, no one's driving this blue truck, right? And then all of a sudden you buy it and that's all you see. Oh my (laughs) God, this truck is everywhere. Yeah. It's because you've become aware. And so now you see it. So I I don't think it is becoming more of an issue. I think it's always been here and now we are just seeing it. And because we are seeing it and people like us are standing up and talking about it, it feels like it's this big new thing. But, no, it's, it's always been yeah. here.
0: Well, it might so, not have had the labeling and and what we're talking about it now as, you know, yeah. 10, 20, 30 years ago. But it was definitely, exactly. it's been exactly. definitely there. We just weren't aware of it.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: I can't it's imagine great. back in the days where the women stayed in a relationship and there was no other choice you did not divorce. I just can't imagine living through this your entire life.
1: yeah well and you know sadly in so many different cultures and and in a lot of um, religious circles they they still preach from the pulpit yeah. Today. God yeah. hates divorce, God, you know, all of this. And so there are so many men and women suffering in those marriages. And and I get that I grew up in church. I was afraid to divorce my first husband.
0: And yeah. so even well, there's though a lot he, of shame for that, right? There there, there
1: is. And and again, in, in the church and, and growing up like that, it's like you don't get divorced. And so I stayed. I I didn't feel like I had an option because it didn't look like traditional domestic violence.
0: Yeah, I have to say amen to all of that sentence. (laughs) (laughs) One, two and three. Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, I always wondered if people from the outside could see it, but I don't think I think they hide it behind closed doors really well.
1: Oh, they do they do and a lot of of narcissists remember they're at least covert covert narcissists are pillars in the community they are the first person to sign up to volunteer to go help the little old lady move they'll bring their truck they are likable they are charming they are the first to sign up and volunteer to, to help anyone in, in, in church, you know, they're the most helpful people until they come home. They're not helpful for you. No. Are they helping with the chores around the house? Are they helping with the children? Are they helping with groceries? Are they helping with cooking and cleaning? Are they helping with anything? No, not when in my experience. Their,
0: when it's on their time or choice, I, I guess they do. Well,
1: but Well, yeah, if they want to. My first husband mowed the lawn my second husband did nothing
0: yeah yeah
1: (laughs) you know and so it's no but but in the eyes of the community they are incredible incredible people and remember they've been telling you you are worthless no one will believe you no one will believe you i help old ladies at church You go talk to the pastor and tell him that I'm being abusive to you and I'm gaslighting you and manipulating you. They're not going to believe you. No one will believe you. Yeah. How true. And they will say that. No one will believe you. Go try to
0: do it. So what do they do with younger children? Like 5 to fifteen, five to 20 kind of thing. Did you experience them doing anything with your kids? Well, they're the cool
1: dad. They're the cool dad. Um, they are, so my, my first ex-husband, he was Disneyland dad. My boys would go over to his house. He would have them for three nights, but it only would end up being two nights because he didn't want his whole weekend with them. Um, and so he always brought them them home early. I could have plans, but it didn't matter. He would still bring them home, show up. Oh, well, I'm done with them. I have plans. Well, I had plans. This was my weekend. Yeah. It didn't matter. He loved that, that I was always available or he'd just make me available because it's not like
0: I'm going to say no to my children. It's control again.
1: It is control. And that's why I was saying like, even though you get out of it, it, it's not, it still isn't easy. You still so, have to figure out how to to work work with it.
0: We need to have you come back <laughs> because there's so much more to talk about in your two relationships that will resonate with people. But I wanted to quickly mention that I know a lot of women who say my husband looks after everything, mm, okay. after the bills. He, I'll say, well, does he have? you know, does he know where his disability is or what his thing is at work or his medical look like or his life insurance, or do you know where the documents are that you need? Like what happens if your husband doesn't come home that night from a car accident? What what does that look like for you? Do you, you know? And it becomes really, really important in a relationship like this one. It does. And especially if, you, if
1: anything that we've talked about resonates with you and you see yourself in any of these scenarios that we've explained, you have to get out. And only you know what that looks like and when it is safe for you. It is when you are leaving an abusive relationship, this is when it can escalate and when it can get physically violent. My second husband, I did everything wrong. <clears throat> Again, my background is in domestic violence and I just panicked. So Again, if you that- panic, don't worry. I have all the training and all the experience and I still panicked. But um uh-uh. uh, But there are things you can do now. Again, I did not know I was with a narcissist. It wasn't until I got out and did research and found things and then everything made sense. So we're gonna do some safety planning here. So one of the things that you really need to do is know where all your money's at. If you don't control the finances, because this is another form of abuse is financial abuse. But you are the one that goes grocery shopping, and you have the credit card. Even if you have to return the credit card back to the person, I tell people because they grocery and you shopping. you have
0: to only allow a certain amount of money to buy certain things with.
1: Exactly, and I I tell them. Uh, oh, <laughs> mommy, one? you're not listening, oh, baby. Here, I know, I know. <laughs> uh, just just one second. Um, so, I, I tell women when you go grocery shopping, buy more things than you usually buy and then return them. Keep that money. Buy some gift cards. I, I have, I do know of um, some men who will read the receipts. Right. They read everything. Mine did. Yeah. And so I say, buy some things that you would usually buy that that is not going to stick out. Maybe buy a couple more, sneak some other things in there and then return them. Start filling up your pot. Start, Yeah. And so even if it's $20 every time, you are setting aside the money and go and open up your own bank account somewhere else, get a safety deposit box and start getting all your financial documents and get is also photocopy them. Because when you go through the divorce, you want to know where all the money is. You want to know where everything is at. Open the mail, uh, make photocopies of everything, get your passports, get your birth certificates, your kids' birth certificates. social security cards, like you were saying with disability, yeah. get, the, get the disability papers, get all that stuff, medical. make photoc- medical, everything. Um, make photocopies of everything, and put it in the safety deposit box and then slowly start putting money aside and then find some trusted people that you can talk to and tell them everything that is going on
0: and That's that you need
1: to, it is hard it's very hard um and so you have to talk to someone and if you and if you don't feel like you have any support or you trust anyone the domestic violence hotline i don't know if you have it in canada i'm sure you have we something do. similar yeah all the domestic hotline the, the domestic violence hotline because there are trained advocates who will sit down and hear your story and they will safety plan with you and they will also connect you to local organizations in your area that will help you with resources in the us we have this grant called the tamp grant it is a one-time 1200 grant that will help you leave Violent um, situation you because can use it might it...
0: not. The thing about it is, it might not be violent. Well, I, and when I say but yeah, when but you, you can do is that's when the violence could happen. That's yes. when the crazy comes out.
1: But it, but it's also for psychological and emotional abuse. So yeah can...
0: yeah. But I just want yeah. listeners to realize that when you're in it and you don't technically see well, yes. you know, that's not really violence. Yeah. But it truly is because not only is it like you said, but it also could rev up a bit or a lot once you yes. make these changes.
1: Yes. Yes. And you don't, we don't know what the abuser is capable of doing. You know, right. my, my, my second husband, he was, um, uh, he was, he did trap, trap shooting, you know, where they have those little clay pigeons and they come out but he's like a champion in several states. He has an arsenal of guns and yeah. knives. Yeah, and a a shooter. Yeah, an expert shooter, like trained. And so, um, you know, so call the domestic hotline. Because there are resources available. And so many women too say, well, I don't want to go stay in a shelter because we have this image of our head that they're going to be in a gymnasium with a bunch of cops. Well Yeah. yeah.
0: That's, that's, from that. that's from movies.
1: That's from movies. Really the the houses are are very nice, very clean. They're very prepared. They're waiting for you. And they are in nice homes and if you can't get in the home, they have hotel vouchers so that you can go to a hotel. Because we want your safety and your children's safety, if you have to leave with children, is the the biggest issue right now. And you have right. to leave safely in a way that um, you're not there there's not going to be violence. Um, and so do not confront your your partner and say I just watched a video and learned that you're a narcissist and you've been gaslighting me and manipulating me all these years. <laughs> Don't say that. The only
0: for your ears. Do
1: not say that even in the heat of an argument. Keep Don't it to yourself. It's it your it. ammo. Don't yourself, exactly. And it is your exit plan. Keep. Do not say you are going to leave. Do not even give the slightest hint that you are leaving. And when they are gone, you just leave. And, you know, I had to leave all of my stuff. It is just stuff. Yeah. Take what you can. I tell people, pack a bag. Keep a bag at a friend's house. Keep some things at a friend's house. Make sure you you have all your files, your important documents, you know, um, whatever you need to do. But remember, it's stuff is just stuff. We we are only concerned about your safety and your children's safety and your pets. Don't forget your pets, your pets. If your pets need dog food, if your pets need, need their food and their supplies. um, If they need whatever, whatever your animal needs, don't, don't forget your animal because the last thing you want is your animal to be Tortured and abused by by the spouse because they will do everything to hurt you.
0: Whatever that looks like. Whatever that looks like.
1: See what have you come back. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I know. Oh my gosh, I could could talk about this for
0: hours. (laughs) It could be a month series, honestly. It really is. For those that like, I mean, I lived with it for 30 years, but I can still say. Why? Why do they do that? Why? It makes no sense to my brain.
1: It doesn't because you are not a narcissist. You do not have a dis no matter what they've said, you do not have a disordered personality. You are not trying to manipulate and control. I yeah. you know, when I worked at the prosecutor's office for a long time, I, I would have those conversations. I, I used to work with um, children that had been sexually abused. I was on the sexual assault team, as well as the domestic violence team. And, and I, I remember thinking, like, how? How can people do that? Well, We can't even go there in our head because no. we're, we're, we're not we're not wired like that. We would never do that. No. And so it's like you, you can't dwell and focus on on the narcissist. You know, like well, why why won't they change? Why are they like this? You know, when you when you first get out of the relationship because you're trying to find words and definitions for everything you went through. And, and then you come up with and felt and yeah. experienced because you you want you, you need that validation. Like what did I just go through? I, I just spent 17 years in hell. Yeah. I, I need the the word. I, I need a definition for what I just went through, and so you find that definition. Yeah. But uh, so many people can spend way too much time stuck on on the narcissist, and again, that's abuse. That is another form of control. Because remember, now we're we're stuck thinking about him. Well, what could I have I done different? How did his life get like this? How did he develop all these layers of protective self? How did he do all this? How did he do all this? They're still controlling you. Yeah. Well, let I, it go. What
0: I, I guess you? I've let everything go except for one thing. I I still think to myself, God, that must be so tiring for their brain. <laughs> Just like way too much work to go through to to me. That's the only thing I ever say.
1: It is, and this is why they jump from relationship to relationship to relationship. Look at anyone's uh, past relationship history well this and this brings up two red flags to look for look at their relationship history are they ha- are they serial relationship daters do they move in quickly well how long did you date your ex-girlfriend for how long were you married what did that look like have these tough conversations and, and analyze long- analyze analyze yeah and 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 ask him if it's if it's a man because you know, we're women right now talking about the men. Um, Ask him, listen and pay attention about what he says about women.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: What are they saying about women? What are they saying about their mom? What are they saying about their sisters? What are they saying about their ex wives and their ex girlfriends? Are they all horrible women? taking advantage of the system and just trying to get all their money. They just want my money. They just want this. They they're all betrayers. They all cheated on me. Really every single woman, you know, did all that to you. They all beat you up. They all betrayed you. They all cheated on you.
0: Yeah, I I think the majority of person people out there might have one person in their whole life that has done something But not everybody. Yeah.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. And it was everyone, every woman trying to work the system, trying to get all the money, trying to do all of this.
0: Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. Yeah. Craziness.
1: Stephanie,
0: um, I hate to end it, but we're going to have to so that we can keep people here. (laughs) Um, What final message would you like to give the listeners?
1: When when you feel worthy,
0: you strong. will walk
1: away and strong that you that you are worthy of so much better. When you've had enough, you will leave.
0: But please um, leave yeah. before
1: you get discarded. Don't don't wait. And then don't beg, as hard as it is, because it's very hard. And again, it's it's the trauma bond. Focus on you. We've been conditioned to focus on them, and we, we neglect us. Focus on you. You come first. Start putting yourself first, and watch how the relationship changes. Watch how quickly they change.
0: Yes. When and you start it's taking it's care easier. of you spider veins out there picking up on these things don't they?
1: Mm -hmm. You are worthy of so much more and there are so many wonderful healthy people out there who would love you for you. You don't have to change and it is it is so much better and there's so much freedom on the other side. There is. It might not look like it now because you're stuck in the trauma bond and all this stuff. There's so much freedom on the other side, and even if you feel like, you know, Tina, you stayed 30 years. I was 17 years within these. That's crazy. Isn't it? Is so much better though, right? And you're oh probably God. saying, "I wish I would After have learned.
0: Why didn't I see it in six months? Jeez, wasted yeah.
1: my life." Why didn't I leave sooner? I hear so many older women say that. Why didn't I leave sooner? Well, if you're in your 60s and your 70s, you can still leave and you can still have a wonderful, wonderful life. Yeah. And you are With worthy real of people.
0: It. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. That was lovely. Thank you so very much. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for for talking about this and putting your heart out there for everybody else. I appreciate that. And everybody, um, my goodness, where do we even finish with this story? Because we're going to have to have Stephanie come back on and we'll maybe we'll do a little part two session. I would with, love
1: that. Definitely. Yeah,
0: absolutely. But you know, we you have to be prepared in any shape. Here, what I'll do is I'll do.
1: I, I have a toddler who, who's who's demanding <laughs>
0: attention. Now you've spent enough time on this, Stephanie. She, she says. Right. I'll I'll meet you and I'll do a quick little blurb and I'll bring you back. So, I want everybody to realize that whatever your situation is, to do what's right for you and have a plan and put together some short sort of plan and it will feel wrong but you're doing it for you and you deserve it no matter what the outcome it, looks like or what happens you deserve it so don't forget to like share and subscribe to our channel um, i hope that you know if if you want to re-watch this show because you got something out of it Stephanie is full of information for us all and we'll have to come back on in part two. I'm so happy to have you guys here to make sure that maybe we've made a difference. Maybe you know that you can feel a little bit stronger or reach out to us in a comment section and I'm sure I can pass you on to Stephanie and you could email her as well or if you'd like to email me, that's fine too. We're all here for you, so no worries there. So like, share, and subscribe down below. If you know anybody going through this or you've been going through it, please share it with others so that they have that opportunity like you have to hear some really good information about what it is and how to be the best you because right now, if you're in it, it's not the best you. And I know there's some best you in there for people. Um, and each of us, no matter what that looks like, don't let it get you down. And don't let it think that it's you, because it's not. So that being said, thank you, everybody, for coming on. I appreciate all of your likes, shares, and subscribes. And I appreciate all of you in sharing our information to others. Thank you again. And thank you, Stephanie, for coming on our show. And I know you have three boys, and she is a single mom. So, hey, it, it does – we we roll with it. It's all good.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's, it's great, and, yeah, it's just – one it person t- can benefit from, from what we speak about. This is why we share our stories and this is why we talk.
0: It touches my soul. It really honestly does. It makes me feel like I'm giving back. Yes. So yeah. so thank you. So thank you for coming on. I'm so happy I found you. And um, till next time, stay safe and be kind. And remember, you're not Superman, but you can be if you put a plan together love you. Bye for now!